The Longbox Crusade presents Fan Bill Fridays. And welcome to another Fan Film Fridays. I am your host, Clinton Robison. I am down here in the basement checking out the newest addition to Jared's collection of yard sale finds. An original Street Fighter II arcade machine. I've got my quarters ready. Where did you uh, get all those quarters, you might ask? <laughs> Never you mind. Uh, just don't ask Pat where some of the Crusaders Club money went. But of course, things aren't quite hooked up yet. I uh, gotta wait on Jason to run that 275 foot or so extension cord from the garage. So let's see what I can do to be a bother. Um, I mean, pass the time with Jared. Uh, Jared, how you doing, buddy? Hang on, hang on a second, Jason. Feed it. Feed the cable. I I see it. I see it. I'm. We've almost got it, Clinton. Hang on. Jay. All right. Yeah, I've got it. Jay, quick, quick, Jason. Have you? I can't. I have that bowl that I keep my quarters in for yard sailing. Have you seen it? No. Can't find my quarters anywhere. <sighs> hey man, have you didn't see my my yard sale and quarters bowl? Have you? Um, n- no. Um, I-, I have to like eat cereal out of a brown paper sack. There, um, there's no bowls down here. Uh, when were you upgraded to brown paper? Well, you know, when paper ages, it, it kind of. <laughs> I, I try not to think about it. Well, well the good news is I've, I can see Jason feeding the cable through, so we're going to be playing any second now. I'm just mad we didn't have room up on the main floor, so now we have to endure, you know, well, what we call the the basement smell. You know, what do we play? You probably you probably don't notice it because what you mean lilacs and <laughs> and summer spring breeze, you know, yeah. And we'll summer go with rain. We'll go with that. Some... We'll go with that. But uh, yeah, no, man. I hope uh, you get, enjoy this uh, machine we got going on. Be up any second now. And uh, yeah, man, Street Fighter, are you excited? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love me some Street Fighter. You know, I know you're kind of more of a Mortal Kombat guy, but... Yeah, I, you know, I go back and forth. I do love Mortal Kombat. But man, Street Fighter was like everybody's first love. Like Without Street Fighter, we wouldn't have had Mortal Kombat, right? Exactly. Popularize the fight game genre. Yeah, so um, tell us a little about some good old Street Fighter. Oh, I'm more than happy to. Uh, for those of you who are sort of like Clinton and I's age or older, you don't need this quick history of Street <laughs> Fighter. You remember it. But uh, for those of you who are maybe a little younger, the Street Fighter 2 is really where that series took off. There was a Street Fighter 1, and you know what, Clinton? I actually had that on my, like, I don't know. It was a PC that, you know, we bought the PC like you know remember the old pcs like you don't even remember the brand name like, oh, it, yeah, was like the big... it was like radio shack pc mm. or something like you know? 
<laughs> but there was a Street Fighter 1 game for it. And it was, you know, a basic combat fighter. Nothing special. But when they brought it to the arcade, Street Fighter 2 to the arcade, which in my research I discovered was in February of 1991. And that makes sense because that's remote. That's when I remember seeing it sort of pop up at our local bowling alley when I was at um, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. That's the first place I ever saw one. And I thought, oh, this is kind of neat because, you know, used to be when you went to the arcade, you you played Pac-Man and Dig Dug and Double Dragon. And I guess Double Dragon was maybe the closest thing because th- there wasn't like, because Double Dragon is a cooperative fighter. There wasn't a lot of versus fighters, right? It just wasn't a lot. I, I can't even think of another one before Street Fighter 2. The, the only one I can really think of before then was like Karate Champ. Karate Champ or Joust. Where you oh, were, yeah, Joust. Yeah. You, you know, but nothing as perfected, as smooth. You know, it just had that Capcom look, that Capcom feel. It just was, uh, it was a game changer. It was one of those things where people were putting quarters on the machine. I got next. You know, you had your quarters lined up for the battles. And it just, it. It was a it was a captivator. It was just one of those machines that captivated everybody at the arcade or the bowling hour, wherever the heck it happened to be. So yeah, the part two really blows the doors off. Part one was out. It was more of a PC thing. Um, there's nothing particularly wrong with part part one. It is of its time. It's a little slow. It's but you know the seeds are planted. I want to say like Ryu was in it and maybe Ken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somebody out there might be screaming at their device they're listening on to call me an idiot. No, they weren't, but I feel like they were been a long time since i played that game but anyway where street fighter 2 becomes sort of the universe of it and then that was 91 and then 92 i believe or late 91 somewhere in there it comes home on the end on not the n64 don't let me get ahead of myself on the super <laughs> nintendo and the sega genesis and i think that's how we really connected with it you and i Clinton, mm-hmm. of, of our age um so i remember first playing it at a good friend of mine my buddy in high school randy we were in 10th grade and he had a super nest and he had that game we played it every i'd go or sleep over every weekend or he'd come sleep over at my house he'd bring the super nintendo and the game and that's like all we played so that was my first experience with it what about you bud what was your street fighter 2 experience uh i probably first encountered it uh outside of walmart you know back in the day when walmart would have arcade machines right. like right out there in the Fourier, whatever yeah, I recently did a nostalgia talk about that. <laughs> it was more about Mortal Kombat, but yeah, it was mm-hmm. about that. That's what that's what sparked that nostalgia talk. I was literally in my Walmart looking at the spot where Mortal Kombat 2 used to be and just like, this used to be a magic spot. <laughs> so I know what you're talking about. There was a magical spot in front of Walmart in the, in the little entryway. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 And I mean, I lost track of how many quarters I put in it. Probably a yard sales bowl full of quarters you how know? would you know exactly what that looks like just done it uh I, I just assume it is like the <laughs> biggest possible bowl <laughs> quarters in it <laughs> so what about bringing it home like i said my buddy randy had it so that's my first like playing it at home uh, did you have a friend who had it or did you have it how, oh how- yeah i had it. i i made sure like that was the first time i followed like a a home release date, everything. Oh, I, I nice. had to have it. I had to have it. <laughs> so huh, my happy little self begged my mom to drive me, you know, hoping Walmart would have it. Of course, Walmart didn't, Walmart didn't have it on a release date. What in the what? world was going on? Yeah. Our local Walmart was like, Nope, don't have it. We didn't get our copies in. So like, I mean, we're hunting all around and finally Toys R Us has it. 
Yes. To- yeah. Toys R Us is guaranteed to have it. 1992. I drop 80 bucks on this thing <laughs> on release date. I had a feeling it was one of those games that was like so popular that it was always like a little more expensive at Toys R Us. And then they kind of almost like put a few extra dollars premium on it because they knew everybody mm-hmm. wanted $80. Damn. Yes, $80. And this is this was also my first experience with buyer's remorse because <laughs> I realized like the next week Walmart had it for 50 Oh, oh it was like, harsh. if I could have just waited, just waited, but <laughs> no, 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 no. Early nineties. Me still had no patience. No, that's, you know, it was that killer app. You yep. know, he, he had to have it. Oh, luckily I had my friend had it and I ended up getting it. Um, I had, it was more, when I moved to 16 bit, I was more of a Genesis guy and I got it on my Genesis. In fact, I was pretty excited. I'm not sure when this one came out, if I had to guess closer to 1994, Four was when they released Super Street Fighter 2 with the new challengers. Mm. They added extra characters. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, 93, 94, somewhere in there they did the with Fei Long, Tomahawk, Cammy. Oh crap, I'm gonna remember them all. And DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember them all. <laughs> um so, so yeah. what you're saying essentially is that's like the the next time all the LBC crew goes to like Heroes Con. Mm-hmm. That, that that's going to be the cosplay lineup could be yeah okay well, who, who's going to be who well pat's going to be cammy <laughs> obviously obviously he's got the legs for it I, he does i just feel bad for him because he used to be a dj so you know <laughs> dj would have been a nice one for him but all right we'll let him know <laughs> we'll let him down easy <laughs> oh goodness so, yeah, that's, you know, Street Fighter 2 was a thing. And, of course, Mortal Kombat got real popular right around the same time. Like, Mortal Kombat followed Street Fighter 2. It was about basically about a year behind. And, um, yeah, the, the, the world was our video game combat oyster, man. We had two exceptionally good fighters. And, and I'm going to toss this out here on Fan Film Fridays, for the record, okay? I'm going to say that Street Fighter 2, probably, let me be very specific, Super Street Fighter 2, because I like having the extra character. And Mortal Kombat 2. That's the pinnacle of fighting games. I don't know that they've ever gotten better. I could agree with that. Because I am between the two of those, that's probably where 90% of my uh, my, stri- my Super Nintendo playing went. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just there's to this day, they're the most fun to play. Now, you know, and I'm not saying that anything that came after it is bad or anything. There's plenty of good stuff. I mean, um you know, Marvel versus Capcom and X-Men children of the Adam, you know, those are all really fun to play, but just, it, it all springs from those, that, that 1992, mm. 93 sweet spot. Man. Oh yeah. And the, the sheer number of imitators that came out like right oh, after street gosh. fighter two, yes. you had world heroes. You had, uh, well, after mortal Kombat, you had time killers, <laughs> uh, samurai showdown, oh, mm-hmm. the art of fighting, and th- all these games we're talking about are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> King just... of Fighters, uh, yep. Fatal Fury. Yes. Primal Rage. Uh, Killer Instinct. Kill it. The list goes on. Yeah. All these franchises that, that were either loved or ignored. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, when was the last time somebody talked about world heroes? But, you know. Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We could sit here and talk nostalgia on video games all day. <laughs> That's right. This is the stuff to talk now, buddy. 
But I guess we should tie it to fan films in some way. Yeah, because, you know, there is a such thing as Street Fighter fan films. I don't believe you. Well, fine. Don't believe me. Oh, but really, though, I got to ask, even though you really like Street Fighter, Mm -hmm. do you like teen dramas? (laughs) I think I see where you're going with this. Here's a funny thing, Clinton. I don't know. No, I don't normally gravitate toward teen dramas with a significant exception. You watched every episode of Dawson's Creek. Uh, Gilmore Girls. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Actually, let me not lie. Two. Two exceptions? I'll get back to you on that. Most notable exceptions got to be Smallville. I watched Smallville appointment viewing. Um, So definitely a, a... Probably a slight connection to what we may be talking about soon between those those two universes. Yeah. Okay. So you're telling me you were not a 90210 kind of guy? I've never seen a single episode of 90210. I've, I've never seen a Dawson's Creek. I've never seen a Melrose Place. <laughs> um, I let you down on that. I did. Yeah, you kind of have because um, I, I really want to know what you would think if all your Street Fighter characters were in high school. <laughs> if only there was some way for us to see what that might be like well amazingly there is street fighter high it is a 2010 fan film posted to the youtube under jennifer zhang's channel listeners might remember miss jennifer zhang she played cassandra kane in the fan film batman death wish i told you she'd be coming back up folks For whatever reason, the film currently sports only around 881,000 views. This film is old enough that YouTube still had video length limits, so it was actually pushing things with its 10-minute runtime back then. Shocking, isn't it? Wow. (laughs) Now, I'm pretty sure that's probably just the bare minimum to even be considered for monotonous. Yeah, I can't say that word. Where's Pat when I need him? Monetization. <laughs> the, the thing that gets it money. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but, you know, that wasn't a thing back then either. All right. So cast and crew for this includes James Lim as Ryu, Ashley Park as Chun-Li, Megan Williamson as Cammy, Karen Elizas as uh, Sakura, Catherine Cassidy as Sea Viper, Colby Durkin as Guile, Jennifer Zhang as Jury, Jordan Brown as Dalsim, and Aaron Pressburg as Blanca, with Derek Easley as Ken. Written by Jennifer Zhang and directed by Derek Easley. Oh, and of course, this is the point where I tell everybody to go watch this, because we're going to spoil the heck out of it when we discuss it. At 10 minutes, it's really not going to ruin your day. So, you know, just kind of settle in, click the link in the show notes, and everybody get on the same page, because we're definitely going to discuss this. Me, Blanca. It's okay. It's not nothing special. And Street Fighter High, people, they're nice, but not to me. They're mean to me because I have red hair and because my skin's green and my breast smell. If I had to pick my best friend, I would say Dawson, because he's just as weird. But me, me want to make friends with girl, but me, me not successful. How do I 
like Street Fighter High. I love it. It's great. Um, I get to cheer, and I just taught the cheerleaders some new cheers the other day. I don't really know what they thought about this one. I can show it for you. Okay, hold on. Good, right? All right, everybody back? Good. Oh, so let's just dive right into this description here. They would become the world's ultimate fighting champions. But first, they had to survive high school. The entire film is done in the style of teen dramas of the era a la Dawson's Creek. So get ready, folks. We open with English exchange student Cammy's first day at Street Fighter High. She's greeted by Sakura, who is pleasant enough, but also informs Cammy that her leotard has ridden up and her butt is showing. Meanwhile, Ryu and the guys are all finishing up a great football practice, although Ryu's coach is a little too friendly. <laughs> Sakura shows up to hit on Ryu, but he only has eyes for head cheerleader Chun-Li, who in turn only has eyes for Guile. However, Ken and his team show up to challenge Ryu ahead of their matchup for the state title. Later on, Chun-Li and Cammy are chatting with Sea Viper, who seems to have found herself in a little bit of a problem. She's missed her period for about eight months and has a very large baby bump. Yet somehow the other girls just aren't picking up the clues. <laughs> little LBC mystery there, folks. <laughs> Enter the new girl, Jury. As we quickly learn, that girl is five flavors of messed up. She informs Dalsim he is her date to Guile's party. No arguments. Too bad Dalsim's buddy Blanca is still dateless. But apparently it's because he's a ginger. <laughs> right. Ryu overhears Guile and Chun-Li flirting back and forth and decides to vent his frustrations the only way a true street fighter can, by hecking up a car. <laughs> After school, we see Blanca making a video blog about his day when Guile walks by and notices Blanca's guitar. Fast forward to Guile's party and Blanca is headlining the live band. Everyone gets really into it, even to the point of bras and panties being thrown on stage. And yet everything grinds to a halt when Cammy's leotard gets tossed at Blanca and the entire party suddenly realizes Cammy is naked, at which point she runs away in embarrassment. And that, folks, in essence, is Street Fighter High. So what are we thinking of this, Jared? Well, I didn't watch it, but if I did, these are probably the thoughts I would have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that bit never does. It never does. <laughs> Oh, like I said, it's, it's 10 minutes. It is uh, 2010. And, you know, um, I'll start with the biggest positive I thought was like just watching this fan made thing that they kind of did the mashup between a, a, a teen romance drama thing, which is a very Smallville. Like I said, I watched a lot of Smallville and it had a lot of those elements, you know. And Smallville was on the WB, which I think was the home of Dawson's Creek. So they always kind of had that, that vibe. Um, it, Watching this fan film kind of felt like if this had gotten pitched in, I think Smallville started in like 2001. Like if this got pitched in like 01 or 02, like it could have legitimately been a show. It could have legitimately been a WB show. It's it's a little, you know, over the top. 
because they they realized they were doing a parody, right? And it's essentially however many I don't remember how many scenes you just laid out about six, I would say something like that. It's basically like six scenes that they thought were oh, this would be kind of clever with a Street Fighter twist, and they kind of put it all together and made this little ten minute thing. So I mean, does it does it hang together as this amazing you know short film a la Batman Dead End? No, it's not of that nature, but it's it, it feels more like a pitch film. Like this is something that could be done. And from that point of view, I was pretty convinced. I was like, you know, if they made a Street Fighter High TV show of that era, yeah, I would have probably watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah. that's my biggest takeaway is it, is it felt like it, it could have been like a pitch, like a little 10 minute thing that they would show to like WB executives and say, hey. Would you be interested in this? And if I was said executive, I'd be like, yes, I'm interested. That's my biggest, that's the biggest compliment I have for it. And I do have other compliments, but like, that's my <laughs> highest note. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, especially if they had pitched it kind of like as a, hey, you know, we are definitely going to be complete parody. You know, we're, we're going to act like it's 100% serious while being goofy as I'll get out. Yeah. Yeah, I, we're going to treat it every bit as much as like a Dawson's Creek, just with these characters that have these, you know, abilities. Mm. <laughs> um yeah you know when, when you have a bad day you go out and just totally wreck a car <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a highlight for me because he was you know he was angry and then i saw him walk up to that car and i went oh here we go because you know <laughs> everybody <who> plays street <laughs> fighter 2 remembers like between the battles there's the bonus round where you get to like smash a car right and mm. I, they actually did that in final fight as well yeah a uh, very a capcom thing to do i guess you know <laughs> and so they they uh they use some some computer effects to make it look like they really tra- he really trashed up that car and it was fun like as soon as i saw him walk up though i was like this is this is pretty clever this these are pe- people who clearly know the details of street fighter mm-hmm. yeah and you have to give them props because this is filmed on location at whitney high school i'm not sure where that is but i mean either way it's filmed on location in an actual school they didn't just like tape up some you know, cardboard lockers or something. Yeah. Locations are all legit. Um, some of the costuming better than others. I mean, yeah, it's a fan film. So, I mean, it's get, getting Blanca with what they had. I think Blanca was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, Blanca's just a guy with some body paint on and mm-hmm. it's admittedly not the most well done. It it's pretty spotty in places. You know, he's got some gag teeth in to make it look like he's got fangs. But, I mean, for for what it is, you could tell they were definitely trying to work within their budget. And and Mm -hmm. so much of it probably went to the the effects for the car. (laughs) Probably. But, uh, I I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is so bad. Like like you said, you realize that they're within a certain budget. And some costuming uh, looked pretty good you know like particularly i think ryu's looked good mm-hmm. uh very good um of course chun li chun li's kind of felt like it was a sort of off the shelf that you could go yeah. go go pick up uh but it was still you know it was very accurate um so i did find some of the, the costume you'd be like i liked guile's look um so yeah there was multiple examples of of like pretty decent you know for low budget uh costuming and I would say probably the strongest. I, I probably Ryu's looked the best, and I think the actor will just really fit mm. well in, into it. I mean, he's he's like an athletic Asian dude who just looks good in the white gi with the red headband. <laughs> he looks right. He looks right. Oh, and and um, Dalsim. Yeah. Dalsim looks incredible. 
yeah, where did they find a dude that skinny? I, I don't know. And I think he was wearing some of those contacts that brighten mm-hmm. his eyes a bit. And he, the, the guy went all in and I shaved his head. Uh, I believe either that or he's just a bald guy. I don't know, <laughs> but he looked good. Like, yeah, Ryu and Dalsim, I think were definitely the standouts as far as um, costuming and look. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the homages to like teen dramas and movies? Again, I don't see a lot of those things. So some of it might've been lost to me, but the specifics might've been lost to me. Like it, it was very clear to me, the tone, like I said, I'd seen enough Smallville. I'm aware enough about Dawson's mm-hmm. Creek. You know, that I got like the only one that I I just thought was, just, I mean, there's a lot of left field humor in it. Like I said, it feels like about six or seven ideas that got stitched together to make a little compilation short. But the only one that I was kind of scratching my head was like, I, again, I'm not familiar with the character of Sea Viper. I think it probably shows up in Street Fighter three or four, probably four. I think this yeah. is all built around four. So mm-hmm. I don't know that character very well. So like I wasn't under... I, I, I had questions like, is the character pregnant in the game? Are they just doing sort of every teen drama has a pregnant girl? And in this case, it has to be C Viper. Like that was the one I didn't quite get <laughs> in the game. She has a child. Okay. So there you go. Part of her, her character's arc in there is that she's doing stuff for her kid. That, see there, that's awesome. I mean, like I have street fighter four. I've probably dabbled maybe a few minutes in it, but uh, again, all my knowledge of street fighter really comes from two. <laughs> yeah. It really comes from two. Um, some stuff I, I, I know about, but I didn't know much about her. So mm-hmm. you filled in the blank for me on that one. But see like stuff like a uh, Chen Li's pink ladies jacket, kind of, you know, the grease homage. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah. Grease is the word, Jared. Appar- it, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen grease either. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, now I know what you're watching this weekend. I, I failed you again. You're not the first person. To give me that is, that needs to be on action film face off, sir. <laughs> I'm not sure how many scenes would I actually. I think John Travolta made it on there with uh, Broken Arrow, so there's that. <laughs> oh, so um, do you have any parallels with Guile? You know, getting ready to ship out. <laughs> getting ready to ship out, yeah. Like we all knew, like a guy or two. Well, at least I know I did. They're like the guys who like did the pre-enlistment thing in high school, and yeah, I gotta go be a hero, you know, and. <laughs> You know, once you go through a real military life like I have, you realize, you know, most of those guys are like just filling sandbags, you know, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I shouldn't phrase it like that. Sandbags need to be filled. But like, it's not glamorous. All right. <laughs> it is not glamorous work the way they make it out to be. But yes, uh, you know, Guile, is a, you know, I like Guile. Guile's always been one of my favorite characters because, you know, he's an Air Force guy. Okay. So what do you think about Blanca? Uh, in, in the film short or overall? Yeah, in, the, in the short, not in general. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, I got, actually, it's probably the same feeling either way. I like, I like him. I thought the character who, who did him was fun. I liked the little bit of humor they did. Like girls don't dig me because, you know, cause you're a ginger man. Girls just don't go for ginger. Not the fact that he's a monster, right? <laughs> not that. Yeah. It's that he's a redheaded monster. That's what, that's what's putting him yeah. over. Right. Yeah, for, for anybody who didn't watch the short, shame on you, and who has no <laughs> idea what Street Fighter is, again, shame on you. You've had 30 years to catch up. Yeah, Blanca is this totally green, hairy man monster from the jungles of Brazil. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I and that was a funny bit. Like, oh, girls don't think you because you're ginger. It's hard for gingers to get girls. You know, not that you're a monster with fangs and you know green fur mm-hmm. and all this. It's just you're a redhead. And he tried to hide it. He tried, he tried yeah. to hide it with a wig, which was which was great on sort of like that meta level because you knew it was a wig over a wig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? uh, oh, and then, then like we all knew, you know, he picks up that guitar and he has that musical ability, you know, and, and then the ladies, ladies love a guy with musical ability. It mm-hmm. doesn't, you don't have to be the most handsome guy in the world. I love it. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> ladies love it. So he, he found his niche with the music. Oh yeah. And, you know, you kind of think Giles just going to be this self-absorbed jerk when you first meet him. And then later on in the short, you're like, wait, he's, he's willing to give Blanca a chance with the guitar. So, you know, maybe, maybe he's kind of a nice guy and he just has that rough exterior. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely did play that well, that he, he was likable and, uh, which made life harder for Ryu, man. Mm, yeah. And, um, you know, that again, that kind of plays into all the little, the, the teen drama tropes jury and her whole messed up of, yeah, I'm going to take Dawson to the dance, to the party, whatever, because he's stretchy. <laughs> she liked that. She liked that he was stretchy. <laughs> Which was, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Zhang really plays into the, the crazy aspect for jury. So I, I got to ask, do you think the, um, the whole coach joke would play well today? Uh, <laughs> there's probably a couple jokes in there that I was like, oh, this, like, I didn't know when it was shot. But I was like, oh, this is older. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, when it leads off with, you know, Cammy showing her butt cheeks, you know, at the beginning. And then like the coach who was just a little too into the, <laughs> into the team there. Yeah. These are all things that, that wouldn't fly, but you know, I'd be lying. You know, I'm old enough to have lived through that era. So I'd be lying if I didn't say I kind of laughed a little yeah. bit at him. Like, I will say this, like, so some of the jokes may be dated by today's standards, but one thing that I always kind of, a filter that I use, be it with this or with modern Hollywood or, you know, whenever you see, maybe even an older film, like great examples, Blazing Saddles, there's no way they'd make it today. There's no way they'd make Mm -hmm. it today. But if you go back and watch it and pretty much everybody enjoys it, pretty much. (laughs) But but it's because, this is the phrase I wanted to come back to. It never feels mean spirited. Yeah. And that's the same vibe I got for this. I was like, these are some dated jokes, but they don't feel mean spirited. Yeah. Everyone's in on the joke and and you know, it's 100%, you know, probably even like 250% over the top. Yeah. You know, exaggerated joke. So it's obviously humor. Yeah, it it is. And doesn't have that mean spirit by it. I don't think anybody got, you know, hurt by it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt dated. I kind of, and half the laughing I'm doing at the joke is like, oh, this is clearly an old, an older, <laughs> yeah, older, older joke. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I guess if you're super easily offended, it might not be for you. But I, I think even if you just have sort of a mild, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be okay. Yeah. It's the fact like the, the coach doesn't even try to hide it. <laughs> you know, we're going all the way to state. You, me, everybody all the way all the way <laughs> i mean th- talk about all the access in no. uh, the, the like the looks that the guy like what this guy's weird you know yeah <laughs> what is he talking about <laughs> yeah but yeah no it was a it was a fun fun little film people put time and effort into it and um 
it was uh, it was enjoyable. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't think I have any more notes on this one. Do you have any highs, lows? What this go back to? Um, I think I hit pretty much everything, but I just would, would say to folks like through the conversation, you've discovered that this is very much a, uh, a parody of teen drama. And I think it's important knowing that going in, like that is the focus of it. If you want to watch a street fighter fan film, because you want to see cool martial arts and like taking the action and combat seriously, this is not it. This is not, this is not what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's teen drama of the early two thousands using street fighter characters, which again, after watching this, I thought if this was a real show, if this was like the pitch video for a real show from that era, I would probably watch it (laughs) (laughs) just because it has just that enough bonkersness and quirkiness to make it interesting. Yeah. And, and on that note, if you are looking for a street fighter uh, fan project that does have like all the action and everything, there was a, a movie that got released. Well, probably, Gosh, probably about a six, eight, ten years ago, maybe. Not sure. Called Street Fighter Assassin's Fist that allegedly started as a fan project and Capcom got hold of it and was like, no, let's make this into a real thing. Oh, this is news to me. It's very cool and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like just a, a Ken Ryu Akuma kind of movie, but. You know, it's definitely good and got some really good martial arts action. You know, some something that um somebody has a little fa- face off kind of podcast about. <laughs> like there's action and the people face off on it. And... <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know, kind of dealing with movies. Go figure. Hmm. Sounds like a good show to me. So, uh, you, you think uh, Jason's got that, that uh, cord plugged in yet? It's hard to say with Jason, but yeah, I, oh, it looks like the screen is flickering to life, so uh, you might be in business here. Okay, so before we uh, get over there and kind of start playing, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate you spending the time with me down here, Jared, uh, passing a little bit of the time before everything gets ready to play. Uh, let people know where else they can find you here on the network and such. Hey, no problem, man. And I, I love nothing more than to be uh, near and dear to such a wonderful, wonderful arcade machine like Street Fighter 2. So it's nice to be down here. All right, so you can find me. I am at Yard Sale Artist on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. And of course, I am all over the network on all the variety of shows. So if you're not already subscribed to Longbox Crusade Network, where we're you know talking comics and action films and old-timey movies and TV shows and all that stuff, you know, Come on board. Check out this whole Long Box Crusade. Let let Fan Film Fridays be your gateway into the Long Box Crusade. <laughs> well, you know, you, you come down to the basement and then work your way up. And <laughs> In theory. <laughs> yeah, in theory. <laughs> but, you know, right right now, I'm going to go play some Street Fighter 2. I mean, I'm going to grab my bowl of quarters here. and Wait, what the what? <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, my, my quarters. <laughs> Oh, huh. I have some suspicions. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to let you, I'm going to leave you to it. It's you've been so lonely down here for so long that uh, I think you deserve, you deserve some street fighter time. So I'm just going to head upstairs and lock the door behind me and, you know, let you just enjoy this. All right. And Jared, this isn't an arcade machine. This is a super Nintendo with no controllers, but you can watch the start screen. (laughs) 
Well, while I um, do that for the next however long there is power running down here, um, we'll take a quick promo break and I'll be back with some listener feedback. Monthly, monthly, monthly. It's Action Film Face-Off! Hello, I'm Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick, and I'd like to tell you about a podcast I do with my brother, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Action Film Face-Off! Yes, thank you, Jared. Action Film Face-Off is a podcast where my brother and I, who are both military combat vets... Jason was a Navy SEAL! Jason was not a Navy SEAL. Jason was a military intelligence wing. But anyway, in each episode of Action Film Face-Off, we select two different action films. Some of them have Chuck Norris. Technically speaking, none of them have had Chuck Norris yet. But it could happen, because we use a randomizer set between 1970 and modern day to select our two films. So you'll always get two films, each from a different year. Our randomizer has spikes on it! We use a Google random number generator, so it does not have spikes on it. And we put the films into our video dome arena. It also has spikes. It does not have spikes. <laughs> but we discuss the films and score them through six different rounds of criteria. I score Bond films very high. Okay, that's true. But anyway, by the end of the episode, we crown one of the action films the champion of action film face-off. Next episode, Jason fights a bear. Jason is not fighting a bear, but please give our show a listen. We're part of the Longbox Crusade Network of Shows. Pat Samson killed a man with a sword once. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. But you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers under Longbox Crusade. Or you can subscribe to just our show by searching for Action Film Face-Off. Come see the blood fly! And that's Action Film Face-Off. We do, indeed, invite you to come and see the blood fly. I just said that. Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking with me. Here is, of course, the feedback portion of the episode. This is where I get to thank all you lovely listeners who liked, shared, retweeted, um, all that fun stuff, you know. Everything on the last show, which last episode was Spider-Man 2 for 1 with Tim Price. It got all the fun stuff from Chris Stados, Tim Price, Jerry Green, Jared Albrick, Alan Knight, Deborah Smith, Jim Meal, A World on Fire, an All-Star Squadron podcast, and Chris at BTON Batbook. Over on Twitter, the aforementioned Chris said, Great guest, great host, great show. Well, all I can say, Chris, is great comment. Alrighty, that seems to be it. This is a quick one. It kind of wraps it up, but that's okay. We uh, we filled your ears with some Street Fighter goodness. As always, you can, of course, at Fan Film Fridays or on Twitter at Fridays underscore fan. And I hope everybody will stick with me and come back for another Fan Film Friday. <laughs> Today you can take your telephone, your 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 cell phone. You can make a movie on that. And if it's a really cool movie that's funny and it's dramatic or whatever, you can post it on YouTube. 
if you want to make films and you want to tell stories, you can do it. But if you're obsessed with film and you love to tell stories and you love working in that medium, uh, then uh, that'll give you the strength to be persistent. Gotta wait on Jason to run that 275 foot or so extension cord from the garage. <sighs> so uh, let, let's see what I can do to bother. Um, uh, um, I mean, pass the time with uh, Jason, uh, J uh, this person. <laughs> Damn it. Do it again.